Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spech. Hello. Busy week, Derek? It has been a busy week. Do anything fun? Anything exciting? Not really. I'm learning a new job, and it's very stressful. Again. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? You're all over the place, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I uh, uh, waiting for well the cooler cooler temps. And I'm the, excited. What now there? And uh, I'm just waiting for the snowstorms to happen. No. I love snow. I hate I hate the the where it's really cold and there's no snow. I la- I hate or no. What should I? How would I put this? I like any weather that makes the bugs go away. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, we still got all of October and into November, but <clears throat> I just hate it when it gets really, really cold and, um, there's like no snow because you can't really do anything. Everything's blah outside. Yeah. There's no good scenery to see. And I like those early frosts in fall. Where yeah, you're in, you're camping, you roll out, you get your you got a winter jacket on. There's no snow yet, but it's the you get your coffee going and you're sitting there. You you can see your breath. There's frost. There's a like a little shimmer of ice on the lake. You hope somebody else that you're camping with gets up and starts the fire first and puts the hot water on so you can sleep in your tent and stay all nice and warm and realize <laughs> oh I left my my long johns and everything outside and they're going to be cold and frozen and I, tend- I didn't put them in my sleeping bag with me and I should have done that oh I I hate this. You know what's funny is uh, I don't I tend not to have uh, fires in the morning because I like the smell of the morning without being disturbed by the I'm smell. I'm too of, lazy to make a fire in the morning. Yeah. I, I mean, some of the people I go canoe tripping with, they get up in the morning and they'll start a fire and whatnot and make breakfast over the fire. Uh-uh. Marcus loves his morning fires, doesn't he? I just, yeah, I, I just get up, I boil some water, I love my oat, instant oatmeal every morning, and, and I'm gone. Like, just do my oatmeal yeah. and out, yeah. out you go. Yeah. But, you know, and I'm just sitting there going, oh, you guys are wasting time. I know. You're making a fire, you're cutting the wood, you're making a you're fire. You're going to make the fire, then, then you're going to put it out. Bacon and eggs and pancake, all that. Oh, God, come on. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting there by the canoe all packed up, ready to go, and they're just, okay, I'm done breakfast now. <laughs> you know, yeah. No, there's just something, I, I'm just, I'm just not an early morning start a fire kind of guy. No, neither am I. But no, yeah, when I'm out there and it's nice fall and crisp and yeah. a little bit of mist on the water when it's getting cool. And yeah. Oh. That's, yeah. Wiping the snot off your it. face because your nose is running <laughs> all night and you can't breathe. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember living out in Saskatchewan and you get so cold and you get that little snotsicle hanging off your nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those were the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't feel your fingers and your snot froze off the end of your nose. And oh, that was just jolly good times. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, the snow's coming and that. But speaking of, of storms, speaking we had of a storms, wicked uh, That wasn't even a very good segue. You just, August, we yeah. didn't talk about storms. Well, we, I did. Snowstorms. That's a poor segue. <laughs> okay, whatever. Hey, you want to talk about storms? <laughs> Let's talk about snowstorms. It, it, it is appropriate. Like we, uh, we're, as we watch the news, we see the recovery efforts of uh, Florida. And Irma. So Harvey in in in, uh, in Texas and Irma in Florida, and so they're they're well into their initial recovery efforts, right? So, and you know, it's uh, it kind of reminds me, or it it's a it's a reminder to be aware yourself when you're out camping like it's it's those things with uh with heavy storms and camping like it's gonna happen yeah it's gonna happen and the the worst part of it is or not the worst part the unpredictable part of it is is you're often off grid so you're 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 off grid you have no means of weather protection but your own wits awareness Mm -hmm. your own experiences so an inexperienced group is tends to get windbound more or tends to get caught out in the middle of a lake in a storm and stuff like that or or gets in a precarious position for lightning or for rain so it's with experience you learn quickly to to recognize the uh the adverse weather approaching you see the the black wall coming down the lake and stuff like that it's uh the change in types of clouds t- that are going yeah. over temperature wind direction exactly. all this, all those little things point to changes yeah. in weather right so it's it's one of those things me and sean have discussed over the last uh last while just because of 
Harvey and Irma. It's like, you know, it's like, wow, what about this or that? So it, we came up with a with a little precautionary list and like we've covered storms and we don't want to beat this to death because we have covered off storms and how to be careful. But it's it's worth mentioning just because it's fresh in everybody's mind with uh, Hurricane Harvey and Irma, right? So it's those things. It's like you have to be prepared. It's like everybody has to, like everybody puts rest days in their trips and stuff like that. But you, you, when you experience adverse weather and you get either windbound or or you have a tree come down in camp, you you like you want to, for example, for trees for falling. When you when I approach a campsite, I often give a good look around thinking, oh, that's a dangerous tree, or or there's a good spot, there's a bunch of small trees surrounding where I might put the tent. Good old widow makers. Yeah, you got to watch out for the widow makers. And sometimes big trees are, are apparent that they could be ready to fall in a heavy storm, but just kind of avoid the area where there could be big trees. You know, often you don't really have a choice, but... So just have a critical eye to camp. And think about uh, how you're going to protect yourself if you do become windbound. You can hang a tarp across trees to block the wind to shelter yourself. Be aware of the trees. Be aware of wind exposure. And one thing that, and it's just, oh, in my mind because it's happened to me a couple times, is uh, you, you say, oh, that's a really good campsite. So you, you pull ashore and you unpack and everything like that. And then you're windbound. And it's like, well, it's not heavy enough wind to stop me from paddling, but... It's so rough on the shore that I can't put the canoe in without it smashing against the rock. So you have to be, you have a keen eye to, like, am I going to have to carry everything 100 meters down shore and into a little bay so I can get back in because it's just too rocky at the at the put-in because it's an exposed uh, landing site. Right? And you got a lot of wind and those waves are coming up big. Yeah. You're not yeah. launching. No. And so you may end up having to take the long way around the lake. You may have to go downwind and stay really close to shore and skirt the entire edge of the lake. And you go 20 kilometers instead of two kilometers just to get to the next uh, portage or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or you take a risk. You you uh, reroute, you adjust your schedule. Like if you're fortunate enough to be in a park where you're not tied down by bookings and reservations, then then it's easy to, you know, have a, a, win, have a windbound day, have an extra rest day and... But if you are on a schedule and you are booking sites, then then be prepared to share a campsite if somebody else comes up and says, "Hey, I've booked this lake as the only campsite," or and then the and next vice day, versa, if, if you're somewhere and somebody shows up and saying, people in. "Yeah, yeah," so I've done I've done the roundabout, the roundabout a lake before. Yeah, because it's just so rough. There's no way we're crossing. Oh, exactly. It's right? not worth the risk. I've also done the the zigzag. Into a lake, just because there was no proper way to get around. Oh, okay, yeah. Right? There was, there was, you were, you were getting trashed either way. Yeah. But you do the, the zigzag thing. It is longer, but you're either going into the wind, straight into the wind, or yeah. straight tailwind. Yeah. Sort of thing as you zigzag down the lake, right? Because you have to cross. Yeah, you don't want to take the waves on the side. Yeah. So I've done, I've done that as well. But you, yeah, I mean, you're going to... There's a chance you're going to get caught at some point in your in your paddling career, um, whether you're just out for a day a day trip or something like that. You don't know. You've really got to look into the weather reports before you go out as well. Yes, and be prepared for it that way. Yeah, look at long range forecasts and look at potential weather adverse weather that could be approaching, and and be just cognizant. Oh, on day three, I think I saw that we we're gonna have a bad storm. What I do is I do like a like a fourteen fourteen day forecast. Really, it's only accurate for the next three or four days, but you do a fourteen day forecast, print it out, stick it in your map book, and then you're good with a, a quick reference to see what the weather is going to be like down the road. And don't just look at temperature and precipitation. Because that's what I know a lot of people do. Oh, look, the little picture. It shows sun, sun, sun. 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 Oh, a rain cloud, rain cloud. You got to look at the wind as well. Yes, exactly. You can have a nice sunny day and that wind is cruising across (laughs) at plus 500 miles an hour. You're not going anywhere. You know, like you got to take the full weather forecast into effect. Now I'm wondering when these hurricanes, I wonder how many people got trapped out camping and stuff like that oh i would i would think that people were pretty much knew it was coming yeah I, i'm not sure about like the, you're gonna see yeah there's there's a lot of warning they irma had what one week warning and everybody yeah, but in you, Texas maybe had people that were warning. like on, got a bit of it on the outskirts didn't think it'd get touched maybe yeah maybe i wonder how well yeah. they fared because and uh, i'd like 
there's a lot of people out there's a lot of you know there's a lot of cruise lines that had to change schedules and people cancel vacations but mm-hmm. you know it, let's say you had a two-week vacation into the florida everglades or something right so you're a, off grid work, for two uh, weeks guy i work with was down in cuba oh yeah and he had to leave three days early yeah because of uh irma but what if you're off grid yeah what if you're off grid and the, the, like and I you say, had the, no idea yeah it was coming in yeah like these people that live totally off grid all year yeah. round <laughs> and had absolutely no idea it was yeah. coming. Yeah, you just don't know, right? Wow. That'd be something. That would be <laughs> absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're off grid, you have no no thing. But you've got to be prepared. Things are going to happen as well. I was on one trip one year, and it was supposed to be a nice October weekend, and we ended up with a big, massive ice storm. Oh, yeah? I came out two days early. Wow. Because it was that bad. And even the the people at the front gate, I'm like, I'm looking at their little um, weather forecast yep. thing too. And it was exactly what I had. Nice, 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 nice. And they said, we had absolutely no clue huh. that this this for, this this weather front yeah. was coming. Out of the blue, it just showed up. Yeah. You know, like a bad relative. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just turned around and you got to be prepared for that. And we, I, I came out and it was absolutely just frozen. Just pure sheet ice coated everything. Yeah. It was, yeah, if I would have stayed, I was, I was looking at problems, but you got to be prepared for that. Um, the winds, the trees, that sort of lightning. I've almost been hit by lightning three times. Oh yeah? Yeah. I've never even been close. Oh yeah. I tracked it. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but, uh, no, even, um, these big storms, you think, okay, well there's a big lightning storm coming and then you find out there's a few different fronts all converging. Yeah. And that's Perfect what happened up on uh, uh, Cedar Lake. Oh, yeah? Yeah, up in Algonquin the one year. Huh. There was six storm cells all converged. Wow. And uh, yeah, they said, <laughs> unbelievable. It was quite the sight, yeah. let me tell you. But uh, you got to be prepared for it. Three years ago, on uh, it, was, it was a trip from work, and uh, we had planned on, so Algonquin Park, Lake Traverse starting point. We we're going to run the Petawawa River over four days. And we were going to do uh, some playing in the rapids. We were going to spend a couple of days just going back and forth, back and forth through the rapids. Anyway, so we we didn't know there was any adverse weather coming. We saw that there was a, a storm, mm-hmm. but whatever. It's a storm's a storm, right? So we got in the car and uh, there was four of us. We headed up. It was some heavy rain coming up in the car. And we got to the uh, where we were going to rent our whitewater canoes at the... Uh, at the East, east side of the lake or east side of the park on up the road up to Lake Traverse and they were out of power so they couldn't really rent us a canoe because they had no they had to hand bomb the rentals but uh, they said well you may not want to go I said what are you talking about well there's uh, some trees down on the road to Lake Traverse oh well how long is that going to take well right now we're looking at four days oh we're not going to wait four days so and the, the guy said that they were concentrating on rescuing people because during the storm a bunch of people packed up in the middle of the night to get out we got there at 7 a.m at the uh at the at the outfitters right and there was people trapped between fallen trees on the road to lake Travers. so they're trapped in their car on the road like they i guess they could pitch a tent on the road but they so there was uh crews going out with chainsaws just to rescue people was that just a few years back yeah there's like three years ago two years ago because there was that big tropical storm that came through. Yeah. There's a lot of was, trees went down in Algonquin Park that that. That's that got to be at least 12 years ago because Mackenzie was just a no, little No, this one was time. just three years ago. Yeah. We were at, we uh, made the, the trip up to um, Crow, Crow, Crow Lake, Little okay. Crow and Crow Lake. And uh, yeah, we were up that way and it, it hit big time. Um, that was one of the times I was almost... <laughs> almost hit by lightning and we came out the 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 next day and the wind and everything on opiongo was so bad that we ended up flagging down a water taxi and he says i'll come back for you guys because i'm doing nothing but pulling people off the lake and had we tried to paddle even my brother because he was like well we'll just paddle we'll stick to the shore and i was like no because if you don't know opiongo lake opiongo in algonquin park okay when those winds and waves come up stick to stick on shore yeah don't be paddling and we got this guy he's uh you know the water taxi comes back after a couple hours we throw the two canoes and all our gear and we're zipping across he has those two massive motors on the back of that boat okay and even he was struggling to get back 
to to the hmm. uh, outfitter there. And uh, at the end of the day, I told my brother, you know what? I'll pay for it because it was like a couple hundred bucks or whatever, yeah. right? Because it was an emergency rescue. <laughs> yeah, nice money grab there. Yeah. Um, so we get back there and uh, my brother throws me money. His buddy throws me money. He says, you know what? Great call. We would not have gotten off that lake had we paddled. Yeah. And you got you got to use your brain when it comes to stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. You can't just, oh, I'll tough it out. We'll push I was through. I was yeah. prepared to camp for another couple of days if that's uh, what, what happened. <laughs> but we, uh, Tracy and Ariana were at a campground waiting for us to come back. Yeah. And when that storm hit, like there was people everywhere, like packing up and leaving because the whole campground was flooded. Oh, wow. I mean, people that were in tents, yeah, they had like five, six inches of water in their tents and <laughs> it was, it was brutal. Nasty. Just absolutely nasty. Uh, but yeah, we, we did that. But that was, yeah, that was at least 12 years ago now. Yeah. 12, 13 more years ago. But yeah, along the roads, there yeah. was trees down and they were... Like you, it was like driving, I was saying, it would feel like Mario Andretti because they'd cut half the tree and take it out, leave the other half across the road. Yeah. Right. So that they could get up and cut half the other tree out just so, to make a path. Yeah. And you're like weaving around all these big trees that they've just <laughs> left half of in the road. Yeah. Just at least there's just a path to get going through. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise there's people down there trying to come out and massive trees. I mean, some of these trees were, I don't even know how they came down. Huh. They were so big and they weren't like you know, really old looking, yeah. right? There wasn't, they didn't look dead or anything like that. They looked yeah, like quite healthy wind. trees, yeah. but yeah, really Saturated really heavy soil, winds. the trees fall over. Yeah. Yeah. For our trip that got, uh, that got kind of sort of canceled it, uh, <laughs> and this is like, this is that thing where you, uh, adjust your, your schedule, reroute, you plan something else. So we, uh, at the east side of the park, we took the rental canoes anyways, and just, we just huddled together and says, what do you want to do? And what we ended up doing is uh, we drove north of Sudbury into the Sturgeon River and uh, Solace Lands. So, so, so we, we, we got to the head, the head of the, the lakes and into the park at like one in the morning. And, uh, and we just did a loop trip over five days and it was, it was a good trip, but it was like planned on the fly. It's like, yeah. okay, we, we started pulling uh, digital maps down on our phones. We didn't have any paper maps, right? So we started pulling digital maps and saving, uh, saving, uh, pictures, downloading and... the, uh, the area and downloading into Google maps. And so we did the whole trip just on the fly. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you're talking hurricanes and, and tornadoes and stuff like that, I mean, we were joking about, uh, the, um, paddle sports retailer show going to Oklahoma next year. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, we make some jokes about, oh yeah, tornadoes and come for the sports, stay for the tornadoes, yeah. that sort of thing. <laughs> But I mean, hurricanes, yeah, you're going to pretty much know those are coming, but yeah. there's going to be those things that you don't know how bad a that storm's storm going to be. storm just whips up. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to sort of think, what's going to happen if something like this happens to you? Yeah. You know? And like you say, if, if you know you've got a five-day trip, well, and you're hunkered down for two of those days, <laughs> then you better be prepared yeah. for a changing diversion. your route. Yeah. Or you better be paddling twice as fast as you usually do, yeah. right? Because you still got to come, gotta, out, two or come out two days later. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, that's what you, now, and that's why I like having my spot unit is because people can track me, right? Yeah. And they see yeah. where I am. It is beneficial. Which is, right? yeah, for that, that sort of thing is beneficial that they can track. Yeah. And say, oh, well, wait a minute. He hasn't moved in two days. So, oh, well, look, there's a weather system going through. There's, yeah. you know, because he, he didn't hit SOS or anything like that. So, you know, he's, he's not. fine. He's still moving. Yeah, he's fine. They're still moving yeah. slow, but uh, they're two days behind sort of thing. So there must be something going on. Well, speaking of bad weather, Mike Ranta, he's oh, had horrible he's weather like this summer. a good month behind at yeah. least. Eh? So he was supposed to get into Cape Breton around the er first week of November, yeah. November 4th or whatever he was predicting. And so now they're looking at the first week of December. If he can finish it. Yeah. It depends on the weather, I'm right? hoping he does. Yeah. I'm hoping I he I hope does. so too. I'm hoping it's a really nice fall for him. Yeah. He's pretty um, resilient. And you know oh, what? Yeah. Weather seems to tame down in the fall, right? In late fall. Like yeah. It just gets cold, but you can, it's usually cold, sunny days. And yeah. Yeah. Lake Winnipeg and all that just beat the crap out of him. Yeah. It was just nonstop, unfortunately for him. You know, and this is the, there he's got uh, his uh, photographer friend following him around. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And I often like, ah. wondered if the photographer friend is slowing him down at all. I'd, I'd I say wouldn't think so. You don't think? No. No. I, I don't think he is. I think he's having a blast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. David, right? What a unique yeah. opportunity that is. Yeah. <laughs> like Mike uh. Ranta went into it with his eyes open. The other guy's like, 
sure, I can photograph this. Yeah, this is going to be really cool. I've been invited to do this. And, da, 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 da. and now that he's... You have no idea, yeah, buddy. He's going, why did I take this on? What happens if I just maybe like murder him and leave him on the yeah. side of the trail somewhere? <laughs> oh, I guess we're done. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm hoping the best for them. I really oh, absolutely. do. You know, I want to uh, chat with them and, and hopefully it goes, it goes through well. But um, when Harvey went through, just talking about canoes, kayaks, and, and hurricanes. Yeah, if we can I bring got, it back on topic, eh? I got, yeah, <laughs> I got three little stories here that deal with hurricanes uh, after Harvey went through. Um, when, after, after everything had happened and there was devastation everywhere, uh, it prevented residents in Southeast Houston from getting to church. Yeah. Father David Bergerson decided to bring church to them. He got a kayak, took it to the streets in search of people who were stranded by the storm, and he offered to pray with them and share the gospel with anyone who would listen. <laughs> All from the kayak. That's awesome, eh? Right? And funny, because on Facebook, one of the things is um, Church of the Double-Bladed Paddle. Yes. Right? Which is yeah. all kayaking, right? Exactly. So, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> taking it. <laughs> Uh, emergency responders conducted more than 3,500 boat and air rescues. Uh, and a lot of people doing canoes, kayaks, that sort of stuff to get around. And they say, little clip here said, Walmart was shipping 2,000 kayaks to the area to help re stranded residents. Yeah. Good for them, right? Yeah. That'd be kind of, that's, that's kind of And I've cool. heard about a lot of stories about uh, manufacturers or Walmart or like there's uh Big stores. And, yeah. Big stores yeah. or big, man like there's uh, fishing they make fishing craft. Who was it? Anyways, they sent a bunch of their uh, fishing boats, their speed boats. Like the ranger boats, boats or yeah, something like stuff that. Like yeah, stuff like that. So they sent a whole bunch of those down for first responders to use. Yeah, right? to Here, haul people out yeah. and animals and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Here you go. Here's a boat. Yeah. Uh, manager of a pizza hut and her employees prepared food after hearing that families nearby were trapped in their homes and were running out of food. With the food secured in red delivery pouches, the pizza makers utilized kayaks to hand out pies to hungry families. We packed 120 pizzas into kayaks and took them out to people in their homes. <laughs> good for them, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, good for them. Good for them. It's, uh, you know, kayaks and canoes, they have their place and after the devastation, I guess. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, when you get into bad weather, stuff like that, man, that, that's... Could you imagine being off grid though, on a canoe trip and not knowing it's coming in? Mm -hmm. Like, or you get a quick storm cell that's not predicted, or yeah. So far, I've been pretty lucky. I've I've uh, only been close to being windbound, and uh, I've never been in any serious adverse weather. I've been I've been windbound. I've been in some pretty serious weather. Um, but I mean, you know what? It, prepared for it, dealt with it. Yeah, and, and, and that's the big thing is. Is, you know what? Being resilient, being thinking and thinking. It happens. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that panic. Oh my God, we got this, we got to deal with this. Don't get yourself worked up. Yeah. Dude, like you're on a canoe trip, you're relaxing, hunker down, yeah. relax, let it pass. Just keep an eye out on yeah. what's going on around you. Keep your head about you. That's exactly. simple. And then when it's all passed, you packed up and you're like, oh man, that was awesome. And off you go. Yeah. Right. And you deal with it. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of people that just right out, lose their mind, right out of the starting gate, just yeah. lose their mind. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know what, like I say, we've had these, these trips where, I mean, lightning is going around us and knocking trees down and the wind's coming through and, you know, blowing the tent so hard that when you're laying there, the side of the tent is actually across you, <laughs> you know? And so you're yeah. out there in this pouring rain Yikes. and wind, putting up a tarp to act as a windbreak, yeah. you know, so that you can actually stay in your tent, <laughs> that sort of thing. But yeah, just use your head and, and deal with it nicely. Yeah. So anyway, let's take a quick break here and uh, we'll come back and I want to talk about a uh, kayak company in Sweden. Yeah, all the way over there. <laughs> you are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio. Whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. 
If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. Welcome back. Um, Derek, when we were looking at Rapid Media there, um, the little videos that's coming out from the Paddle Sport Adventure Show, one of the things that caught me uh, my eye, caught me eye, caught me eye, caught me eye, was a company from Sweden, 0.65 kayaks. They make modular kayaks. It's pretty nifty. It's a, it's a really great design. And, and it's, uh, I don't know where, you know, some people have really unique brains, really, really uh, unique minds. And so to come up with this concept, it's so cool. Yeah. I mean, the, we've looked at a lot of, you know, canoes that fold and kayaks that fold and that sort of thing. But these ones actually come apart, which would be cool if we're talking about going on a northern trip or something. Yes. Now, they're not canoes they're kayaks right yes um but they come in you know some of them into a few different sections or some of them just in two sections but the one we'd be looking at would be would be a a few sections and they could stack as opposed to having a long uh kayak stuck to the side of the plane or or in the plane that sort of stuff yeah so they're a little bit more mobile and so they don't take up as much room and and depending on the aircraft or the aircraft and the airline who services it yeah they 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 will be very flexible with allowing this on board. So a lot of like, uh, like you could take this inside a, uh, a, uh, like a beaver or whatever, yeah. one of those. Oh yeah. Just, you just load like them inside. Luggage, yeah. So instead of having one canoe strapped to the outside, because that's the rules, you could just. Have a canoe outside and then you could have the you kayaks inside. a bunch inside. of those inside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in your car, uh, they show the little, um. Volkswagen little hatch bug. bags and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, fold the front seat or the back seats down or whatever, and you throw these in right in the back, that sort of thing, which is really cool. So it makes it more more accessible for people that yeah. want to go places and stuff like that. And 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 this one, these ones aren't just a, let's throw some wheels, fold it up, throw some wheels on it, and take it down to the local harbor at, in town. Yeah. This is, you can actually throw it in your Volkswagen bug and, mm-hmm. and drive. They're very you know. sturdy. They're, mm-hmm. When they're snapped together... They, you can't really tell them apart from a, a normal kayak. Yeah. There's the, it's got this ratchet set that, uh, you that can get on. sit on top or sit in. Yeah. So they've got, they've got the sit ons, the sit ins, and they've got angler versions. Yes. Right. They've got seven different versions. The Apollo, the tequila, the Gemini, Martini, Mercury, the Martini angler and the tequila angler. I don't know if they're a bunch of drunks or something, because uh, <laughs> seem, they seem to like their, their, their well, and Gemini and Mercury, so I don't, you know, those Planets. are, pl- Gemini, well, that, those are uh, sa- satellite space, programs. Uh, space programs, programs yeah. yeah. So space and alcohol, Apollo, yeah, yeah space and alcohol. <laughs> I like these guys. <laughs> um, but the modular design, you can take these and turn the solos just by buying another section. You can turn it tandem. So or everything more. comes, or more. L.L. Bean, for their 100th anniversary in 2012, got, I guess, 100, 100 of these of things. These it things. was their 100th anniversary. They got 100 modules. So they made one kayak that fit 100 people. <laughs> they all sat in it, and off they went. And they paddled away. Yep. This what, 400 and some odd feet long. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was over yeah, 400 feet. That was pretty cool. Uh, kayaks. Point six five, the number six five dot com. If you go on there and you can check out their videos, they've they've got that. But the kayaks come in all different colors and 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 whatnot. Um, the Apollo is nine feet eight inches long, just the solo. Nine nine feet eight inches long, forty eight and a half pounds. That seems to be somewhere in there. They all seem to be about that size in the in the solo. Eight feet eight inches, nine feet four inches. The Mercury, however, a Mercury GTX Solo is 14 feet long, 55 pounds. So when you add sol- a tandem onto that, yes, just gets that much bigger. Uh, versatile, rigid, sit on top, sit in kayaks, due to their modularity, are exceptionally easy to carry, 
store, and haul. You can go solo, tandem, triple, quadruple, sanctuple, <laughs> sextuple. Well, I was thinking couple, octuple. I've got two kids. I could like have a uh, four-man kayak and yeah, a family kayak for exactly. four. It's like a bicycle built for two. Is but better. there storage in each module, or is no. it just foot? So it's front only in the little tail and yeah. nose sections. Yeah, in the in the front section and the in the rear section. So you're not going camping. You're not doing weekly camping. These things. Mm, this is a no. recreational kayak. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'll get into a bit of that later here. I I got a whole bunch of stuff on. No, this. do it now. No, no, no. Uh, snap in midsection and your solo transforms into a high performance tandem. Add another midsection and it's a triple. Keep adding midsections and creating the perfect team building tool uh, for as many paddlers as you want, which like I said with LL Bean ended up being a hundred yes. paddlers. Uh, performance kayaks. They're made in the US in durable high performance thermoplastic with the 0.65's innovative snap tap system. They snap apart and reassemble in seconds for kayaks that are comfortable, stable, and strong. Yeah, we saw a couple of videos of them putting these together and taking them yeah, apart. Yeah, you can't really... They are quick to assemble. Yeah, it's this little ratchet system that you line up these two little pieces that fit into the ratchet, yeah. and then you just lift it in the middle and drop it down, yeah. and it just automatically ratchets itself yeah. together. Lifting it locks in the base, and dropping it back down again tightens the straps. Yeah, it's pretty cool design. And then, and off you go. They, they say, oh, you can do it in 10 seconds. And we watched the guy. Yeah. He just lined it up. Shoop, shoop. And, and it's together. Yeah. Like, it is that fast. Yeah. Huh. And then they got the rudder. If you got the rudder option. Yeah. The, the lines that you can just hook up. Yeah. And, and the so, lines get bigger. And there's if foot got pedals. A, the foot pedals to yeah. steer the rudder. It's like, it's, it's a legitimate kayak. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's really good plan. A really good idea. Uh, comfortable seats, contoured foot braces. Tank wells for safe storage of your dry bags. And ingenious foldable padded backrest offers great back support. And did you mention the cup holders? <laughs> and the cup holders. Yeah, there's... These things got cup holders, man. That's awesome. But I suppose you could get like a modular compass and stuff that would fit in a cup holder. And oh, yeah. You can stick your yeah. camera in the other cup holder. Or you could have two beers. A couple of beers, yeah. <laughs> beer and a whiskey chaser. Yes. <laughs> a couple of Tim Hortons coffees, yeah. right? Uh, easily lift, uh, sorry, easily fits into the back of a small sedan. So no roof racks, no lifting fits into a small elevator under your bed or in your closet. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, if people that have, you know, don't have garages and all that sort of stuff, yes, you know, exactly. live in an apartment or something like that, it's perfect, you know, cause you're not trying to hang this 14 foot kayak from the roof of your living Precisely. room or yeah, you just, on the wall you, or you something. You stack it in the corner or whatever. Or you ratchet it together and you actually do hang it off the wall as a, as yeah. a whatever. Yeah. Right? You have options. They really look pretty good. I mean, we watched a few of the videos and, and they look just like a regular old yes. kayak that anybody would be, you'd, it, they're you'd see anywhere. They're a decent design. They're not too much different from any other normal recreational kayak. They're they're not and not anywhere near as close as a sea kayak or anything like that. They don't have the sleekness and you're obviously not going to be doing, you know, multi-day trips in them, but it, it, yeah, they're well, great Yeah, well, you're not for, doing four, you're not paying $4,000 for them either. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, the big thing at the Paddle Sports uh, retailer show was that the fact that they have now have a us dealer right so you can buy them in the states and that sort of thing but there are dealers across canada as well oh yeah you can buy yeah yeah if you go to their site it, it lists where you can buy them and stuff like that which is cool um so the apollo that they they have their models that get bigger their apollo is good for day trips recreational paddling fishing and river and lake travel so, I mean, every, they're all it's good your, for fishing, it's right? It's your typical yeah. recreational time. Your little solo recreational sit-on-top um, kayak. The Tequila GTX, day trips, recreational, fishing, rivers, lakes, and open water. That one kind of confused me. Well, isn't lake open water? But I'm wondering if they mean like bigger yeah, like Open bigger water. lakes or ocean or... Yeah, that sort of deal. So like James Bay. Yeah. Or, or uh, uh, sorry, Georgians Bay. Or off the Baja Peninsula or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that. The Gemini, day trips to weekend trips, right? So if you want to go for yep. a few days. Recreational paddling, touring, fishing, rivers, lakes, and open water. 
The Martini is day trips to weekend trips, recreational, touring, fishing, small surf. Huh. So you can actually take this on some, you know, bigger, yeah, you know, like up, up the, the ocean coast sort of thing. Rivers, lakes, and open water. The Mercury day trips to weekend trips, recreational, touring, fishing, rivers, lakes, open water. Then you have the two um, angler versions. The tequila angler is day trips, recreational, fishing, rivers, lakes, open water. But the martini is day trips to weekend trips. So if you want to go on a weekend fishing trip. Now, the, the tequila is a sit on top. Yeah. But the martinis a, a sit in, right? So yeah, so you can go recreational touring, fishing lakes, rivers, and open water. So that, you, that would be the one to take because you can do everything in it, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I think the Mercury was the one we were I was looking at the Mercury GTX, and that's good for uh, the touring and stuff like that, trips and and whatnot. And again, it it now some of them are uh, they basically split in half, so a nine footer. I think one's four and a half feet and the other's five, five yeah. feet sections. Yes. Right. So you, you just lay two of those up. Uh, there's some, some of them, I can't remember which one exactly, but like the sections are like 55 inches long, 64 inches long. Right. And they just tuck all together sort of thing. So you don't have this, like I say, a 14 foot kayak sticking in your living room. And one, one thing that, that I found kind of interesting and, and so a lot of the pictures that uh, Sean had showed me when he uh, first learned about this was, you know, it shows a, uh, the red kayak and, and L.L. Bean had all red s- segments and sections. And I was just thinking, well, yeah, they're all red, right? And then we went to uh, one of the advertising uh, videos and uh, suddenly they had all these, like, oh, I think they have five different colors. Yeah. So it showed them with a, a green nose, a red middle and a gray rear. So it's like you can mix and match colors. So I thought that just kind of blew my mind right there. It was kind of, it was, it's like, oh, you could like have your own little rainbow or your own little segmented uh, sections. And so, you know, my two kids would have, like Beckett likes green, Stella likes pink. And so Stella could have a red section, Beckett could have a green section. I'd have the gray section and <laughs> you pick your own colors. Just yeah, they've, they've got red, yellow, orange, lime, blue. Moss green, gray, purple, and yellow orange. Lots of options. Holy cow. So yeah, there's all those options you can get. So yeah, you could have like a whole multicolored, you know, taste the rainbow looking kayak when you're done. <laughs> yes. You know, and yeah, I mean, if, if somebody has a particular color that you like, because if it's like sitting around the dinner table where that's my spot. Yeah. Right. Well, that's your, or even when you're camping, that's my chair. That's my That's chair. my fold out chair. Yeah. Yours is the blue one, yeah. right? Same deal. You, what color section do you want? Yeah. And then you just order them that section. Exactly. And then when they say, oh, well, it's not quite the green I wanted. Because, <laughs> you know, that's going to yeah. happen. Uh, but these are pretty cool looking. You know, like I said, yeah. you just go to kayaks.point65, the number 65.com, and you can just go through all their modular ones. Now, they do have regular kayaks as well that they sell. Uh, not not modular. They're just you know like a regular everyday ordinary. Yeah. But and, watch some and of the, on the videos. Boost theme again too. It's the whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the whiskey. Yeah. Um, but definitely check out the videos for for these. How they're putting them together and stuff like that. Because I it I I'd want to see one in person. How they're doing this because when he just lines those up and he lifts it and drops it and. That's all you hear yeah. is this click it's ratchet so noise. Nifty, yeah. It's so fast that yeah. you actually don't see how it's doing it. I know. Like I, I want to see a how-to video. I'm going to have to start Googling it or YouTubing it because uh, they do it so quickly and it makes it look so easy. You got to wonder how secure it is. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, yeah, I mean, you. one of the questions you would ask when we were watching is, could you accidentally hit it and unratch it? Yeah. Can you imagine your but cat folding you, in half under you? <laughs> because you have to lift it. Yeah. From both sides in the middle and then drop it for, and then pull apart. Yes. Right. I mean, I guess if you had a wonky wave, that sort of did, but you have to do both ratchets at the same time. Yeah, exactly. So your chances of hitting both ratchets You'd at have the same to be on time are, are pretty So it could be slim. fun to uh, do that with somebody in the kayak. And not have, don't tell is them. There, 
Yeah, as they're starting to paddling away, you just kind of quickly grab the ratchets and they fold in half and drop under the water. And there they go. <laughs> they're, they're on their way and they look behind and you're back at shore still in your half. <laughs> but you know what? That... They they look like they're solid canoes or kayaks I should say they they, were, they seem to be a really good design the uh, the sit on top fishing one it looks like it's very sturdy it's got uh, it looks like it's built a bit more sturdier for taking the rigors of fishing but otherwise they all look very like a very sturdy well made craft the seats are look like they're very well padded and very supportive they have uh, knee and thigh braces inside mm-hmm. they have pedals for steering like this is a full on kayak but it's modular it snaps and pops across so in, in a typical kayak when you have your your forward bulkhead and your rear bulkhead mm-hmm. these are the same thing except the bulkhead is the separation point so anybody who's got a kayak right now, when you look inside where your feet go, you see that forward bulkhead, that's the seam where this one pops apart. Yeah. And when you look at these angler ones as well, they've got at the back, at the seat, they're behind your seat. There's two things that you can prop two rods in. Yeah. So if yeah. you're fishing with one, you got two spares. Exactly. Right. So there is the, the little storage aspect and yeah, like it's the, uh, the seats are all strapped up there so they're nice and comfortable and not all floppy and that sort of stuff right uh your feet stick straight out there's room for your tackle boxes and your extra gear and stuff there's all the deck bungees for holding your pump your your pump and your maps and your spare paddle and stuff like that there it's got all the all the parts right yeah and they of course they've got you know extras you can buy like for rudders and uh, extra holders and stuff like that so you just keep cruising along and but yeah, they're, I think they're a, a pretty good looking kayak. I got to see if there's, I know they're Mississauga. can't remember exactly who, yeah. but I remember seeing in Mississauga, there was a, a dealer. I think it's worth our going the out and checking them out. prices are comparable for similar kayaks. They are? They're not overly expensive for their design. They're just like, if you expect to pay like, you know, fifteen, eighteen hundred dollars $1,800 for a typical recreational kayak, that's what these cost. It's, uh, the, the prices are in line with industry standards, right? Yes. Yes. You know, for the material, for the, for the plastic blown, uh, plastic, uh, whatever the typical recreational kayak, right? Of course, you're going to pay more for a sea kayak for the fiberglass, but this isn't what these are for, right? No, but you know what? They still look pretty good and they do the yeah. job. And yeah, you know, you're not going to be, you know, cruising around Australia in one of these bad boys, yeah. but uh, you and know what? Hey, wherever you can take a regular kayak, you can take these things. And you have the option of sit on top or sit inside. And the sit inside ones have the hatch combing for, so if you want to put a, a spray skirt on or whatever. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, uh, access ways for gear, uh, for the gear lofts, it's, uh, it's just the typical, um, rubber caps, like a bottle cap type thing that you see on a lot of, uh, recreational kayaks. So it's, it's, there, there, there's nothing surprising except the fact that they come apart and they can fit inside a, they'll fit inside a typical trunk of an SUV, right? Yeah. It's the Mercury GTX Solo. You're yeah. looking at about 14, close to $1,400 US. For it. So that's not bad. Is your prices US or Canadian? Because US. My, I'm looking at the website now and I'm seeing Canadian prices. Yeah, it says Canadian, but it's actually US. Oh, okay. Yeah. They they don't have the Canadian, because it says Canada and then in bracket says US dollars. Oh, okay. So apparently Canada and US share the same money. <laughs> so. <laughs> I you wish. Um, but yeah, so you're looking at $1,400 US for this thing. Yeah. And yeah, it's, you know what? That's not too bad. Uh, I think that's quite in line with what you're going to get from sales, some other brands and stuff. Uh, you can get the spray decks, you can get the, the, um, rudders and all that sort of stuff. You know, it, it definitely worth taking a peek. So again, go to kayaks.point65.com and check out everything they got there. I think you'll be uh, pretty amazed at what they got here. And I think, yeah, I'm going to look up that place in Mississauga and we'll, uh, Maybe take a little tour out there and see what they got. Yeah, I would be interested in seeing these. I, and it, in Mississauga, you're not far from the lake. I wonder if they'd let you try it out. Hmm. <laughs> Only one way to find out. Exactly. Anyway, let's uh, take a break here. We'll come back and we got uh, we want to talk about a uh, little bit of politics going on with yes. stand-up paddleboarding. Yes. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. 
and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio, whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. Uh, gonna talk about a subject that came up. I was I was checking out some videos and came across this a video that led into some news stories and whatnot. There's two associations out there right now: the International Surfing Association, which is the ISA, and the International Canoe Federation, uh, the ICF. Yeah. So these are as the governing bodies for Olympic sports. Well, yeah, the two Olympic federations for surfing and canoeing are arguing over who gets to claim stand-up paddleboarding yes. as their own. So surfing is going to be in the 2020 Olympics. Yeah, I think it's a demonstration sport, right? Right. So they say, well, the next candidate is going to be stand-up paddleboarding. Yeah. Well, once that's mentioned, because the ISAs, in most people's eyes, are the governing body for stand-up paddleboarding. They built it from the ground up. So when, when uh, people start to compete... Uh, nationally, internationally, with stand-up paddleboarding, the uh, the ISA are the ones that got together and they started organizing the sport, setting up the uh, the races and setting All the up competitions. the competitions. So yeah. they they built this thing up, and and for them, this is their baby. This is what they've been running with, and it's also well, to be honest, it's their opportunity to become a little bit more legitimate. It'll help their run to get surfing into the Olympics. It's going to be a demonstration sport, but it could continue on. Yeah, because so, everybody's got the, oh yeah, just you yeah. Know, surf bums. Yeah, right? so it's it's their way of keeping their job. If if it's if it's doesn't become more than anything just demonstration sports, uh, surfing, the stand-up paddleboard could bring it into the future and be this consistent competition into the future. Right. So it seems that once it was mentioned that this stand-up paddleboarding could go to the Olympics... Well, all of a sudden, the Canoe Federation's there saying, well, because you use a paddle... It should be our sport. It should be our sport. Yeah. To which the surfers are saying, well, you use a board. So yeah. it's our sport. The Canoe Federation is saying, we already have Olympic sports of sprint for canoe and kayak, slalom for canoe and kayak, and ocean racing. So we've already got everything in yeah. place to take this on. But it's under be, us. They're being opportunistic. It's it it's really a, seems that way. It's a way and a means to bring more money into their camp and and for them to control more sport at the Olympics and become a, a larger powerhouse for the uh, a governing body for sport. Yeah, and it it just seems that they want just to grab it all, take all the glory, yeah, and, and all. exactly. Now whether that's just the way we're seeing it, I don't know. But I mean, you and I sat here back and forth yeah. battling this out. And... We got together. We 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 got together. We wrote down all the talking points, and and we debated it. It got got heated at times, and we were kind of arguing back and forth, trying to decide who should govern and why they should govern, and and who's uh, earned their chops and who hasn't, and who's being oh, opportunistic. We flopped our and, ideas each time yeah, too, right? So and we're in the end. We, we really weren't decided. It what it comes down to is uh, what makes it easy to decide is if you go with what your heart says. And and really the uh, the surfing association they brought this from the ground up. They developed it. They created this international organization for competition for stand up paddleboard. So it's like, well, you know, they've already done the footwork. Let them keep it. Yeah, if you're going by gear. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's a hybrid sport. Yeah. You got a surfboard and you got a paddle. Yeah. So you, you can't really just go by that. So the court of arbitration for sport is going to make a decision on who gets to keep it. Did they, they say when this decision They haven't made? given any, any timelines or anything on it. See, this could delay the potential of this ever being adopted as a sport in the Olympics. Yeah. And what gets me is now... Of course, there's, you know, a little infighting going on. There's there's actually people in the surfing industry, like 
competing yes. that want no part well, because of stand-up paddleboarding. Right? Those guys purists, it's like, oh, you're using a paddle on a surfboard. And so it's that purist argument. Yeah, they don't want it. And it's, it's, I mean, the, we, we read one article and the guy was just going nuts <laughs> he was saying, raging. Hey, there's somebody here willing to take this blankety, blankety, blank sport off our hands, off our hands yeah. and you're trying to keep it, give it to them, let them have it. Yeah. We don't want it. And it, no, apparently there's other people like the president of, of the ISA that say, Nope, we're keeping it. And <laughs> at the recent world cup championships, he uh, sort of ignited the fire again he, by he saying did, yeah. that SUP is surfing, not canoeing. But my big thing, and this is what really gets me, is if it has the potential to become an Olympic sport, and because of this infighting is being held up, held up, held up, yeah. well, you got people that are top of their game right now. That could, that be, could be a medal an, holder. They could be a potential Olympian yeah. representing their country. At the Olympics. Yeah. Like, if you're an athlete, it doesn't get better than that. Exactly. And because of this infighting, they're being held up, potentially never they'll getting never, to the Olympics. They'll never get to compete. Never yeah. getting that experience, nothing. Yeah. Because of, of, of something like that. And that that's sort of what burns my butt yeah. about this. You know, I, I think it's, it's... It's the individuals that are going to suffer over this infighting. Yeah. I, at the end of the day, I think whoever's put the most into building it up should be the ones to get it. Yes. But anywho, that's, that's all, all I got to say about that. That's all our time. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's our show for this week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com and tons of social media. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Spest. We'll see you next time. <laughs>